Welcome to Love from the Hip. I am spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. This show was created to help others to heal themselves. I will feature amazing souls from around the world who are making a difference in their own way. You may also hear me follow up with guests I have hypnotized on an online edition of Love from the Hip, which is available on YouTube. Together, we can all make a difference, and it begins with love, love from the hip. In 1942, Algerian-French philosopher Albert Camus wrote a philosophical essay during the existentialism movement called The Myth of Sisyphus. In this essay, he explores answers as to why one should not kill themselves. Sisyphus in Greek mythology was the king of Corinth and the wisest mortal in the world. He was punished horribly, though, in the afterlife for his arrogant deceitfulness by being forced to roll an immense boulder up a hill only for it to roll down when it nears the top, and repeating this action for eternity. Camus writes that the return of the boulder is the hour of consciousness. Sisyphus is the absurd hero, trapped within the machinery of fate and a meaningless world, yet somehow able to overcome it. He becomes stronger than his rock. Camus goes into his recipe for absurd victory by stating that while Sisyphus's silent joy is contained within, his joy belongs to him. This is how Sisyphus overcomes his rock. We might not be able to change the circumstances we are in, but by reflecting upon it, we can choose how to interpret it. We are all Sisyphuses, grappling with our own boulders. Camus describes the sadness that arises in the heart as the boulder's victory. Whatever happens within our fates is completely up to us. It does not matter if the boulder rolls down again or if we inevitably die. We can always find our burden again. It is, however, the struggle itself which, which, which we can satisfy ourselves with. It is the journey itself that matters. We have the ability to choose, just as Sisyphus did, that everything is all right. The same consciousness which causes us to feel torment from the absurd is the tool which we make fate our own. Fate is a part of human existence. The absence of a larger meaning means that we can create one ourselves. Camus encourages us to embrace what is the absurdity of life and become that absurd hero. Today I have the pleasure of interviewing freelance producer and photographer, Mariangela Abeo. She will share her journey, her own personal struggle with suicide, losing a loved one to suicide, and what she has created to overcome her pain, as well as to help heal others. So stick around after this quick break. The passing of our loved ones always proves to be very challenging but can be met with ease when working with someone who can hold space, compassion, and especially someone who works across the veil. Allow Sakura Sutter, multidimensional channeler and intuitive medium to be your spiritual guide with the other side. No matter if you choose to communicate with your transitioned loved ones to help you with the grieving process, or connect with spiritual, galactic, and other light beings to explore and dive in more on your spiritual path, Sakura can assist you. Not only does Sakura channel insightful messages, but she also incorporates her metaphysical tools to help you move through blocks and unprocessed emotions and feelings, providing you with a closure, relief, and new mindset to move forward. So don't hesitate to take your first step towards healing so you can start living your life once again. Remote sessions available. Contact Sakura at sakurasutter.com. That's S-A-K-U-R-A-S-U-T-T-E-R. Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram and Facebook and subscribe to my YouTube channel, Love from the Hip, and that's H-Y-P. 
Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing freelance producer and photographer, Mary Angela Abeo. She is coming to us via Skype in Seattle. Thank you for being here today. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So let's start. When did you first deal with suicide? You know, um, I'm, I like to consider myself one of those emo X generation kids. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we all kind of struggled. It was that, you know, grunge emo time where we just didn't feel heard. We were kind of like millennials without technology. We wanted to be, you know, heard and seen and make a difference, but we didn't have the tools. Um, and so I just didn't feel very heard. And then, um, in high school experienced a sexual assault and, um, was not, was not acknowledged, uh, when I went to people to try to get help. Mm. And so I, I felt pretty unheard. And so at 17, I tried to take my own life and that's kind of where it all started. Wow. That's pretty traumatic. And this was local. You went to school here locally. Yeah, it was local Seattle. And it was, you know, it was one of those things where, you know, back then and still there's actually a great documentary that I watched about it recently. Um, I was told that our uh, high school was in the playoffs and they were football players. Mm hmm. And so it just wasn't a good time to get those football players in trouble. Oh, wow. So, and, and there's actually a documentary about that happening in colleges as well. It's horrible. Yeah. Um, and um, I didn't have a relationship with my mom and um, you didn't, have didn't really feel like there was anybody else to go to. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't have an outlet. It's right. definitely different these days. So, it is. We're much more sensitive to it now. Yeah, exactly. So when were you then faced with it again? So when that happened, I kind of gave myself this ultimatum looking at the, the ceiling of the hospital um, and told myself I was never going to let anybody make me feel that way ever again. Mm. Um, and so I became this super staunch, you know, Capricorn kid who was, you know, did everything out of spite. And um, I kind of that that mentality left my sister and brother in the dust a little bit. Mm. Um, because I was just so intent on being better than anybody thought I could be. Um, and my brother, um, ended up taking his life 11 years ago. So I was, he was 26. Um, and I guess that would have made me 32, 33. Mm -hmm. And, uh, he, he struggled a lot. Um, but he was one of those super smart kids, went to Yale, you know, graduated with honors, prom mm -hmm. king, like very um, incredibly gifted guitar player, singer, actor, mm -hmm. and just had some demons and some mental health issues that were undiagnosed and that we all just thought he was eccentric. At one point, I swore he was just smarter than me. He would say things and I would just go, what are you talking <laughs> about? Right. And you know, I really thought he was just smarter than me. And then looking back, they were red flags that I just should have seen. He was trying to communicate with you in some way. In right. Some fashion. So he was able to hide it then with his. Oh, he was brilliant at hiding it. You know, yeah. they say and, and I believe my personal opinion is that he was an undiagnosed schizophrenic and that, that was in that side of the family. And he, um, you know, he'd have this six month reset and it's super common, actually. He would go on a trip or he'd go away every six months just when we were starting to get 
some sort of inkling that something was going on or a red flag or we would get together as a family and want to take him to, to talk to someone, right. he would, he'd leave and he'd go on a big trip and then come back refreshed, come mm. back feeling and looking more normal and uh, normal with, you know, quotations, of course. Um, and, uh, he would just, it, like he reset the situation mm-hmm. and then we'd go, Oh, well maybe he's it's okay. just the thing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of his way of withdrawing. Maybe he felt it was a burden. I mean, is that totally what your suicide attempt was to your family? Mine was definitely a cry for help. Mine mm-hmm. was very, you know, I didn't go through the depression and demon type um, struggle that my brother did. Mm-hmm. Mine was very um, shaking everything around me so so I could be seen Mm. Um, I did just didn't feel heard or seen and so it was definitely a I don't feel seen anymore maybe this will make people see me Mm -hmm. and if they don't see me maybe I'm better off not being here for my brother I truly believe it was him fighting his ultimate demons yeah wow yeah lifelong demons so, so is this what brought you to start Faces of Fortitude? You know, n- not eventually, yes, but not right away. I was super, um, you know, when you have a traumatic loss like that, they liken it to a, like an airplane crash. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was so traumatized and my whole uh, body was rocked, my, my, my life. And so I helicoptered for several years. And, um, through the love of my husband and my daughter, they kind of were like, you can't handle everyone now, you know, because I kind of took it upon myself. Like I missed my brother, but I wasn't going to miss anybody else being sad. Mm -hmm. And, um, then I started counseling, which I see as a pivotal, uh, point in my grief process because I came from a family that counseling was just never done. It was seen as something that was shameful. It was seen as something that we just didn't need that kind Mm -hmm. of thing. We have each other or a weakness Um, and sorry, or a weakness. Right. Exactly. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, I decided to go do it and it's funny because, you know, I didn't have insurance at the time. And so I went to this sliding scale women's, um, counseling center. They were all in training still, Um, I'm very, I'm a super cynical person, but I give everyone the benefit of the doubt. Mm -hmm. So when I walked in this, she must've been at the time, like 28 blonde, you know, and I just sat back in my chair, like, who is this pretty blonde girl going to teach? Like, what is she going to tell me about my life? Mm -hmm. And within an hour she had me convinced and I'm still seeing her to this day, seven years later. (laughs) And she has her own practice. She's incredible. Uh Well, there you go. She unpacked it all for me and she unpacked everything. And she was like, listen, you have survived a sexual assault. You've survived a a abusive mother. Mm -hmm. You survived your own uh, suicide attempt. You survived the loss of your brother. You have a successful marriage. You're a mom, a healthy mom, so much healthier than the one you were raised with. Mm -hmm. You have a job. Like you are functioning, you're so high functioning for everything you've gone through. You need to celebrate yourself for a minute. Mm-hmm. And now let's take your grief and let's find a place to put it that's productive. Oh, wow. Trying to control other people. Right. So that's where we started. And that's how Faces of Fortitude was born is me trying to find a creative space to 
to heal. Right, exactly. Well, I don't mean to interrupt you, but we're going to have to go to a quick break. So everybody stick around for more Love from the Hip. The passing of our loved ones always proves to be very challenging, but can be met with ease when working with someone who can hold space, compassion, and especially someone who works across the veil. Allow Sakura Sutter, multidimensional channeler and intuitive medium, to be your spiritual guide with the other side. No matter if you choose to communicate with your transitioned loved ones to help you with the grieving process, or connect with spiritual, galactic, and other light beings to explore and dive in more on your spiritual path, Sakura can assist you. Not only does Sakura channel insightful messages, but she also incorporates her metaphysical tools to help you move through blocks and unprocessed emotions and feelings, providing you with a closure, relief, and new mindset to move forward. So don't hesitate to take your first step towards healing so you can start living your life once again. Remote sessions available. Contact Sakura at sakurasutter.com. That's S-A-K-U-R-A-S-U-T-T-E-R. Do you wonder why you repeat behaviors that don't serve you? Do you struggle with self-love? Are you intimidated by situations where you want to stand up for yourself but can't? If any of those resonate with you, you may be living someone else's story. This can lead to dysfunctional relationships, emotional shutdowns, and regrets. Every part of your life may be a reflection of someone else's story. It's time to live your life. In 2005, spiritual life coach Jeanette Dames realized she was living other people's stories. She recreated her life to live her story and love, joy, peace, health, and prosperity showed up. From this deep transformation, Jeanette has developed a six-week coaching program to help you create your life your way. She can help you make it a dazzling reality. It's time to let go of what you absorbed from others and create the life you want. Visit riverangelranch.com for more information. That's R-I-V-E-R-A-N-G-E-L-R-A-N-C-H.com. Taking care of your body's largest organ can be difficult, but not for Astera Skincare Mist. This topical skin spray supports your skin's own natural healing defenses. Astera Skincare Mist is a light misting spray, free of parabens, alcohol, toxins, and fragrance. This all-natural topical skin spray will take the woe out of your skincare worries without clogging your pores. Irritation, inflammation, redness, post-procedure sensitivities, no problem. With Astera Skincare Mist, you can continue about your day without the skin dismay. Acne, rosacea, psoriasis, sunburns, rashes, and fungus? Don't let these skin concerns inconvenience you. Instead, let Astera Skincare Mist allow you to be happy in the skin you're in. Available at Sakura Skin and Mind. Learn more at asteracare.com. That's E-S-T-H-E-R-A care.com. Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. Don't forget this show airs right here every Wednesday at 2 to 3 p.m. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing freelance producer and photographer, Mariangela Abeo. She's coming to us via Skype in Seattle. And so before the break, Mariangela, you were talking about how Faces of Fortitude started. Was there anyone else that kind of helped get that project going aside from your counselor? Yeah, for sure. I was working at that time, I was working for a company in Seattle, a creative educational company. Mm -hmm. And there was a guest speaker um, that came for a conference we were doing. Um, Her name is Stacy Persall, and she's a wounded war vet. She was a combat photographer in Afghanistan who was blown up in a car 
and had a traumatic brain injury and she came and did a class talk class what have you um and basically was telling us how to take trauma and turn it into something that could heal us and in turn heal other people Hmm. and she started a project called the veterans portrait project and she was pretty pretty instrumental in giving me the courage to start it mm-hmm. because in that talk I kind of discussed it with her afterwards and said I think I might want to do this thing and she said you should definitely do it and here's why and then I came up with all of these excuses as to why maybe I couldn't do it mm-hmm. um, that's the imposter syndrome that we all struggle with <laughs> and um, she quickly shot them all down and um, encouraged me to move forward and were you, were really you a professional quickly. photographer at the time? Were you a professional photographer at the time? I was not. I was not. And that's it's it's funny because I still struggle with people calling me a professional photographer. <laughs> <laughs> you must it, own it. You have to own it. <laughs> yeah, I know. And it's so funny because I don't um I was very amateur. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm I'm a professional photographer now, but I definitely self-taught myself during that process. Yeah, that's great. So how how long ago did you start Faces of Fortitude? Uh, It it was a year at the end of October. Oh, okay. And who was the first portrait in your project? The first portrait was myself. And that was that was a suggestion of Stacey Persall, who basically said, you've told this story because it affects you personally and because you've been through it personally. So this means the first portrait needs to be of yourself. Mm. Was that hard for you? Yeah, it was very weird. I don't like photos of myself at all. Mm. Um, and so I, I took that time to study what I needed to do to make myself feel comfortable. And it was, it, it was really, it was great. It was a good process for me. And so how did the project lift off after that, after your first picture? Well, I posted the photo of myself online and I didn't, I really didn't expect anything to come of it. Uh I truly thought it was going to be me taking a photo of maybe one or two of my friends that knew my brother, maybe a family member. That was it. Mm -hmm. Um, And it it exploded. (laughs) And it was so... It, it was very unexpected, uh-huh. quite honestly. And did you so, just post that? Was, Where did you post that? Sorry. It was on Instagram. Okay. And so, and, ha- go on, sorry. No, it was on Instagram and I just, I didn't expect the feedback and people started flooding my inbox with their stories and the fact that they wanted um, to share what had happened to them. And it was very, it was very sudden. Wow. And these are messages that you're getting from all over? Yeah. I mean, I would say uh, 70% are in the United States and the other 30% are out of the country. Wow. Okay. So where did you go from there? You took your first photo and now you're getting hit with messages and responses. And where did you go from there? So the first month I, I, I took a few, I did a few portraits and I, it was interesting because I truly felt like, um, I, I can do this. I can handle this. And then 
it got, it picked up really fast. And I had, there was one incident that happened about a month in that made me realize, Oh God, I have something a lot bigger than I thought I had. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, it was a woman that wanted to share something very sensitive with me, um, via messenger. And it was something I wasn't prepared for. It was something that I guess people don't really share. It was just a f- sensitive media piece. And I, um, I, I was in shock and I screenshot the message and I sent it to my, my therapist. And I was mm-hmm. like, how do I respond to this woman? Right. And maybe this is too much for me. And she said, no, you need to learn boundaries. And it's really important that you learn to tell people what's too much for you. Mm-hmm. And that's, that was a great turning point for me because I turned into this, that person that was helicoptering after her brother died. I was wanting to help everyone and make everyone feel better. And, um, tell their stories and, and, and change them. And that's not my job. It's right. above my pay grade. <laughs> okay. So what boundaries or guidelines did you set in place? Uh, people have to have some sort of self-care in place. Um, these, my sessions are two hours. They, that's more than most people talk about their traumas. Most therapy sessions are about 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, so you need, and, and most people get pretty upset. I need to know that when you go home, you're going to be okay. And that you're going to be able to take care of yourself because I can't worry about that. Right. Um, I also have to have some time between the trauma. It's very rare that I will take someone that's had a trauma within six months, Mm -hmm. very rare. And I have to really have long conversations and probably meet them for coffee and like make sure that their mental state is in a place where I can handle it because I have my own triggers, my own things that upset me. Yeah, absolutely. So you, you, you said that the process or the, the photo shoot is about two hours. Tell me, yeah. tell me also how else this process works for your project. Most people will email me or message me on Instagram, and then I have a vetting process that I send them. It's a questionnaire that just has a few questions and then a, a release to sign. And then the day of, it's, it's the camera on a tripod and a remote, and they forget about it after about 10 minutes. And we just talk. I start with my story and then they share theirs. And it's really about the conversation between two people about suicide. Mm-hmm. The photos are a total afterthought. <laughs> wow. Okay. Okay. And why did you choose to take photos in black and white? Oh, it's a great question. I don't, um, I don't like most photos of myself. And so it was a super selfish decision at first because I was like, I prefer photos in black and white. And then when I started taking photos of myself and kind of testing things, mm-hmm. um, I had to turn them to black and white. And so when I was looking at the color versions, I noticed that I started, I immediately noticed what was wrong with myself. My eyes were puffy. My nose was red because I was upset or I was getting emotional in the photos. Um, things that we often pick apart about ourselves when we're upset because we're vulnerable. Yeah. Um, started to stand out. And I realized that once you switch that to black and white, those things disappeared. Mm-hmm. And you could, you could hide a double chin with the shadow, you could hide, you could just shine a light on a tear, but not what that tear was doing to your face. And so I think um, it's it hugs people a little bit, it makes them feel safe. Okay. And I think you had said to me before, too, it kind of makes grief even because I mean, we're all right. grieving, right at the same level. 
Right. There's no, there's no judgment because, you know, there's, there's what we call pretty criers, mm-hmm. which those people drive me insane. By the way. <laughs> I'm like a snotty, horrible cry. Like my sinuses are stuffed for three days. Uh-huh. It's a mess. I'm a mess yeah. when I cry. Yeah. People that are not messy when they cry make the rest of us feel <laughs> inadequate. Right. And so in these photos, we're all totally equal in our, in our emotions. And then you also had said to me too, that it, um, it makes us notice each other in, in, in your faces of fortitude that this is everyone that you can see. This is everyone you know. Right. right. Well, and everyone it's, common people. Right. I've had so many people say, I think I know her. Mm-hmm. I think I think I've seen him at my grocery store. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yes, you have. And, and it literally and, you know, figuratively, right. you've you've seen him, you know him. It's really important to know that this can be anyone. And that's kind of the purpose of this project is that it's, it can be any face. Right, exactly. Well, that's wonderful. Well, we're gonna have to take a quick break, but everyone stick around for more Love from the Hip. On this weekly skinny, I would like to discuss high frequency. The first high frequency technology was developed by Nikola Tesla in the late 1800s and was used to treat and heal infections like wounds and strep throat. It was later used for cosmetic benefits on the skin in the 1970s in Europe. High frequency is a safe and gentle oscillating electrical current which has been shown to enhance circulation, increase collagen, eliminate toxins, kill bacteria, and improve skin absorption. This futuristic-looking handheld glass device comes in different shapes, sizes, and two colors. Each glass electrode encapsulates a different inert gas. There is one that glows orange, which is a neon gas used to treat wrinkles, stimulate collagen, and hair growth. The other glass electrode used to treat acne glows violet and has argon gas inside. This one is also great for folliculitis or ingrown hairs, as well as for enlarged pores and inflammation. High frequency current works by toning the skin rather than toning the muscle, by causing a circulation rush to the skin in addition to partial thermal tissue warming. This function will cause a natural contraction of underlying blood vessels and tiny muscle groups. This dilation of the underlying vessels pushes away toxins while the cells enjoy a feast of increased nutrients and hydrating volume. The result is in an increase in blood circulation and cell renewal. High frequency is quick and painless. The contact of the glass electrode on the skin ignites the inert gas within the electrode, creating a healing electrical light energy and unstable oxygen, which instantly converts to ozone. A mild tingling or therapeutic zapping sensation is experienced during the process. High frequency may typically be brought into a facial after extractions for antibacterial effects or run across the face for wrinkles. It may also be used post-waxing to prevent any breakouts as well as brush through the hair to treat thinning hair. Sakura Skin and Mind incorporates high frequency into their clinical facials. Email sakura at sakuraskinandmind.com to book your facial today. Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I am spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. And I'm currently looking for people to hypnotize for free, as long as you are willing to share your experience later on the air. So if you are interested, please email me at sakura at lovefromthehip.com. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing freelance producer and photographer, Mary Angela Abeo. She is coming to us via Skype in Seattle. And so before the break, you were talking about just some of the outcomes of your project. And one of them is that people are saying to you, I, I recognize this person. Um, so what else are you seeing come out of your project that you didn't foresee? 
You know, I, I made a conscious effort when I started the project to not make it a sad project. Um, I don't want something that people look at and go, I just, I love your project, but I can't look at it. It's too sad. So I wanted to make sure that everybody had an upswing, that there was always a, a story of hope at the end of all of this. Mm -hmm. And I have learned so much about the human spirit through this whole thing. So much about the power of resilience that people have. I mean, I know people are strong, mm -hmm. but some of my stories have blown my mind. And I love, I love how much inspiration I get from these faces. It wow. is so inspiring. And so it's, it's, it keeps, it's my fuel. Right. Wow. That's great. And it helps you to heal. Still. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, and also has it established some sort of community with the people that you have photographed? It has, and it's been totally organic. You know, I didn't start this thinking I was going to start a community of people. In fact, I knew that I wanted to take it outside of the country. And so I didn't want, or even the state. And so I didn't want to make it just a Seattle thing. So I was pretty clear on, you know, not really having like a Facebook group or, you know, anything like that mm -hmm. and just a Facebook page, but I wanted people to be able to communicate. And I found that the camaraderie between the faces and potential faces or just supporters of the project has been so organically sweet and that they support each other. They comment on each other's pictures. They talk about how excited they are to see each other at the upcoming gallery shows or if they want to meet each other in the future. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's so heartwarming and lovely and exactly what we all need in this is a community that's created naturally yeah. um, because sometimes going to support groups or, you know, suicide survivor groups or things like that. Um, it's a little forced. Right. Exactly. And so you don't really feel like you can make friends there. Mm -hmm. So what is, what is some of the other feedback that you're getting from people that you're taking pictures of? I think the most poignant feedback I've gotten are people that used to be incredibly uncomfortable with photos of themselves crying mm -hmm. or emotional and them talking about how beautiful they feel like they look yeah. when they're upset, which is a compliment to me, but it's also a compliment to them Absolutely. because I feel like it's such a huge level of growth for a person to go from um, hating a photo of themselves. I mean, just a little background here. I grew up with a mother who told me that when I cried, I looked like a witch. Mm. And so that was something that was ingrained in me for a long time. And I felt horrible about myself every time I cried. Right. And so when I hear somebody say, your photos make me feel like I'm beautiful when I cry, that's, that's enough for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really powerful. So how many emotions do people go through when you're shooting them? Uh, a lot. I, I try to shoot people at very different stages of their emotions and grief or process or whatever they've experienced, whether it be a loss or an attempt. Mm -hmm. um, I, the great example is my mother-in-law. Um, my husband's father took his life when he was young and my mother-in-law agreed to be part of the project. And when I asked her originally, she said, you know, that was like over 35 years ago. I don't think I have much to share. Oh, I said, okay, I totally appreciate that. I said, but I think people need to see what 35 years looks like. Right. I think it's really important. And she said, okay, that's great, but I don't know if I'll have much to give you. And then during her session, she ended up getting super emotional and it was lovely, but it was a level of emotion that was so thoughtful and such 
with such, um, she had such, she was just very focused because she had had so many years to really process it. Right. It was lovely and it was great. And so we see people super fresh, like the mom from federal way who lost her son, who it had only been six months. And so her, she was in a fog. She talks about it, you know, a year later now saying I was in such a fog when I did your, my session with you. Mm -hmm. So people are in different places. Some people are in a place where they can talk about the joy of, finding a new path in life after their attempt and just how much happier they are now. It's, it's so great to be able to display different types of not just sadness and grief, but happiness and, and resolve and all of those things. Yeah. And the emotions on the other side of the loss, right? Right. right. The upswing. So what are you doing with this project? Faces of Fortitude, as far as are you? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're collaborating a book, right? Yeah. So can you tell us more about that? I'm trying to do a few things. I'm trying to take this project onto a bigger scale. And um, I think you've caught me in the transition of that, which Mm -hmm. is exciting, but also very scary. Sure. Um, I'm trying, I'm designing a book um, of images, quotes, poems, um, uh, just called Faces of Fortitude. Okay. And then I'm trying to travel. The 2019 goal is to travel to f- at least five cities. I have faces that have emailed me that are approved and vetted in over 20 cities across the U.S. I just have Jeez. to get there. Yeah, absolutely. So, <laughs> so and are you writing out. the book by yourself? No, my husband is co-writing it. He's okay. a poet and musician, and so he's contributing some grief and depression, mental health um, poems as well. And, um, we, we, we've been married 21 years. So our partnership is pretty epic Yeah, and it's, it's exciting to have him as a partner in it. Honestly, I I don't think I could do it without him. And well, that's wonderful. Plus you have a commonality, right? You both have lost somebody to suicide. Right. Right. And I think it's really important, um, for me to have him involved in some way. Um, because of that, we, we connect his, his father's name and my brother's name were the same. They were both Jimmy's. So, um, yeah, it was, I know, I know. So it's a deep connection. So you take planning on taking this on the road and you've got five major cities already lined up potentially. Well, they're not lined up yet. They're my goals. I'm working on some grant writing right now and Mm -hmm. I need to find some funding and sponsorships to, to make those things happen. Um, you know, like any nonprofit, it's not a nonprofit, but I don't make money off it. And so, but having gallery shows and printing out, um, portraits and such mm-hmm. that they are, it's all expensive. And so the traveling and all of that will even add more to that. Of course. Of course. So what is your ultimate goal or mission with Faces of Fortitude? Well, I mean, I think my mission statement is to provide a, a safe space for people to be able to share their stories and to share their faces to the rest of the world. And so I just want to grow that across past the Northwest. Right now I've infiltrated the Northwest pretty well, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still haven't, you know, I, I'm not, I haven't covered it yet, but um, I'm doing a good job and I, I'd want to be able to branch out a lot farther. Yeah. And how often are you shooting? Right now I'm shooting about three weekends a month with taking one weekend off, but 
Now it's, it's varying a little bit because of studio space and some transitional things that I've been having to deal with. Mm -hmm. So, um, but for my own, um, self care, I like to keep it to two to three Saturdays a month. Yeah. Okay. And you were saying that there's a percentage of people that are following you internationally. And because this is such a worldly issue, um, what is the feedback you're getting from, from those people in other countries? You know, I have I have this sweet girl that follows me from Beirut and she she's trying to do a mental health um, page in her culture. It's just not talked about. Mm -hmm. And so what I'm getting, I get a lot of emails from people in India, um, Middle Eastern countries, uh, Africa and people that are not allowed to talk about it right. in their cultures. And it's heartbreaking. And they want me to come and do portraits so badly, but they're also so scared. Yeah, I bet. So it's, but it's, you know, um, our family lived overseas for two years, just traveling. And um, it's my goal to infiltrate that and help make that happen because I'm, I'm a, uh, I'm a proponent of getting that kind of toxic stuff out of your body because it can be so harmful. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. Wow, that's really powerful stuff. Well, we're going to have to take a quick break, but everyone stick around for more Love from the Hip. A health crisis is one of the most challenging situations we will experience in our lifetime. It leaves us frightened, confused, and asking, why did this happen to me? Transformational coach Rory Reich experienced his healing crisis when the life he had so carefully constructed came crumbling down around him. The universe had offered him a challenge. He chose to accept it and to rediscover who he was before it was too late. In his book, Transform Yourself Through Disease, Rory shares his personal journey alongside eight practical steps to help those who are stuck realize their self-impairing beliefs and discover ways of transforming them so they can reclaim their health and create the life of their dreams. Don't let your health crisis define you. Take the next step and transform yourself today. For a free life coaching consultation, contact Rory at RoryReich.com. That's R-O-R-Y-R-E-I-C-H dot com. Peach fuzz is great if it's on a peach. Let Sakura Skin and Mind remove unsightly hair with dermaplaning. Although its primary purpose is to remove layers of dead skin, it's just one of the added benefits leaving your skin baby smooth, safe, effective, fast, and affordable. What a concept! Sakura Skin and Mind wants you to look your very best, and dermaplaning is just one tool in their chest. Find out about dermaplaning at sakuraskinandmind.com. S-A-K-U-R-A, skinandmind.com. We bring out the healthy skin and healthy way of thinking you didn't know you had. If you're planning on building a home or a major landscaping project, you'll want the team of Stone Resources on your side. Safely, effectively, and correctly working with our unique terrain requires local knowledge and environmental care. For 21 years, Stone Resources has been making sure their customers' biggest investment is on solid ground. Trust your next earth-moving project to Stone Resources. Call 425-754-6792. That's 425-754-6792. Stone Resources. We make the earth move. And remember, if you need dirt or have dirt to get rid of, you can call on us. 425-754-6792.
Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram and Facebook and subscribe to my YouTube channel, Love from the Hip, and that's HYP. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing freelance producer and photographer, Mary Angela Abeo. She is coming to us via Skype in Seattle. And before the break, you were talking about faces of fortitude and going on the road, right? And right. kind of just your influence even on a worldly level. So what kind of support can people lend to you? You know, right now, I was just talking to two very dear friends today about they asked that question. And um, I, I'm excited to <laughs> flex my muscles in a different way in 2019. I think um, I found my niche. I found the photography and I know that I'm, I'm able to create a safe space for people. I need to flex my muscles in different ways to make this project um, able to be scalable, which means I need to do scary things. Um, mm -hmm. I need to s speak in front of large groups of people, which at first made me want to vomit. <laughs> and then I had my first one and I did a big sold out crowd speech and it actually went really well. Yeah. And I was told I needed to lean into that a little bit. So now I'm, um, talking to some people about getting on that speaker circuit, speaking at mental illness and mental health conferences. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know the first thing about that. So people can help by spreading the word and um, making if you want it to come to your city, it's actually super possible to do before I get grants, we just have to work together on it. And there are a lot of mental health and suicide uh, awareness associations and organizations mm -hmm. that have budgets for these kinds of things to bring speakers in to bring pop-up galleries and things like that. And so I just need to get in touch with the right people to make that happen. I also set up a Patreon um, and that's been great to help with the expenses of my galleries mm -hmm. and, um, you know, camera everyday expenses that I, I still use a 10 year old camera. <laughs> um, it was gifted to be to me by my, um, my father-in-law and yeah. it, integrity wise, I just really wanted to keep it because I felt like um, I was borrowing studio space. I was borrowing lights. I was borrowing everything and something had to be mine. Right. Right. So that's why well, I've kept that camera. Wow. Well, I um, think also being here on the air, <laughs> hopefully we'll get you some more support yes, too. Please. I mean, so. I'm so excited to just um, do a little radio and do, do some of these promotional things that I might not be good at, but I'm trying to lean into. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's such a good cause. So what advice do you have for others who are struggling as you did? Um, I get asked this a lot and I always start with, let me tell you what not to say. Okay. Um, I, I just, I can't, I cringe every time I see a Facebook post or I see a tweet that somebody says, if you're having a hard time during the holidays, reach out, let us know. Please don't tell people that. Don't ask them to reach out because nine times out of 10, they're not going to, I wouldn't have. Mm -hmm. I would have, if, if you reach out, that means you know what to do to take care of yourself and you would go do it. Most of the time we, there aren't words for that. We don't know how to reach out what people can do during, especially the holidays or do for somebody that is having a hard time is you, you reach out to them. Um, it can be something as simple as just making somebody feel needed and wanted. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I need somebody to go to coffee with me. I'm feeling lonely. Do you want to come with me? You know, just reach out to someone. And if you're the person that's feeling sad or depressed or having a hard time, I find that the best thing that helps me 
is immediate change because I think um, the the thing that they always say about suicide is it's a permanent solution to a very temporary problem. Yeah. And that problem changes so fast. And I had a horrible anxiety attack before my, my last gallery show a few weeks ago. And I, I talked myself through it. I had to, because I knew that it was temporary, but to talk myself down, I got a huge glass of ice water. I took off my shoes. I stood in front of a window. I opened the window. I put my hands on the glass and I shut my eyes and I felt my hands get cold. And then I felt my arms get cold. And then I felt my body temperature change. And before I knew it, I was thinking about my body temperature and not what was upsetting me. Mm-hmm. And it changed. And I think that's how fast it can change. And you just have to remember that in five minutes, you're going to feel differently. Yeah. Wow. And getting out of your mind really is what yeah. you did. Right? Just for a minute. Yeah. It changes a lot. Wow. So much. So can you tell us quickly about a inspiring story that you have from your project? <sighs> I, so I saw this on the list of questions and I, <laughs> I laughed to myself because I'm going to be the unbiased mom here. Yeah. They're I, all inspiring. <laughs> well, I ask people ask me this question a lot and how can you compare people's people's strength? Like mm. it's so, it's almost like art. It's, it's not, it's, it's undeniable that it's their own strength and to them it's their capacity and it's amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, what's more inspiring the the young woman who, you know, had tried antidepressant after antidepressant after antidepressant and is crying, driving in the car, had tried a new one and all, all of a sudden, you know, cause usually they take about two weeks to start working and all of a sudden it started working and she said it felt like she could feel the sun for the first time ever. Mm. But then I look at the mom who lost two sons in a row within, you know, a few months of each other, who is starting a blog for grieving parents and, you know, a podcast and is so inspiring speaking all over the country. Like I can't compare those two. There is no comparison because Mm. they are both so powerful and strong. Yeah. That's a really good answer. So, (laughs) And, 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 <laughs> no, don't be sorry. No, that's the best answer. I mean, I would imagine it's got to be hard. And, and also for you, I mean, just hearing these stories over and over again, is it, is it causing, re-triggering any traumas for you or have you fully healed? Um, I don't think I'm ever going to, none of us fully heal ever. Right. I mean, the trauma of suicide rips a hole in you that's so deep that at times it it's, it's a cavern. Like you're just you're not expecting it. So it's almost like whiplash. Your body is not prepared for it. Mm -hmm. But with that depth, I can feel so much more joy than the other person because I have this kind of hole scraped out of me that I, it fills up so much deeper. Mm -hmm. And it's so important for people to know that while I've healed and things have changed, certainly things trigger me. So I reserve the right to not to tell somebody that it's not a good fit mm-hmm. because I might be triggered. You know, I, I uh, interviewed a few very young people in the beginning with their parents there with them. And I, I knew their parents and they were the, they were the hardest ones for me mm-hmm. because they were young. They were teenagers. They had their whole lives ahead of them and they didn't want to live them anymore. And that crushed me. I remember rolling my chair, my chair was on wheels 
And I rolled my chair up to this one girl, Autumn, who had watched her, who had, whose friend had jumped off a bridge in their town and then had her own own plan to, to do the same thing. And I remember rolling my chair up to her, ugly crying, full <laughs> snot face, like sobbing in her, just begging her to find that will to live. And I think I scared the poor girl. She looked at me and she was like, I'm starting with a new counselor next week. I think I'm going to be fine. <laughs> I, was like, I scared her because that was my trigger. I was like, right. oh my God, I have to look at your mom in the face next in the next room. Like I can't do this to me. And so I still have triggers. And so I have to be very careful because sometimes they'll throw my entire weekend off. And I have a lovely husband who, when I'm done at the end of my sessions, he has wine ready for me. He makes dinner. (laughs) Wonderful. He usually says, do you want a hug? Do you want wine? Do you want both? (laughs) Oh, that's great. Well, how can people learn more about your project or reach out to you directly? Um, I'm all over social media. I think the most popular is Instagram. It's just at Faces of Fortitude. Um, it's Faces of Fortitude Portraits on Facebook. And then um, my name, Mary Angela Abeo. You can also search Faces of Fortitude on Twitter. Um, I do have a website that's under construction, but it's partially there, mm-hmm. um, which you can contact me via email through the website too. It's just facesoffortitude.com. Um, and yeah, I'm on medium and I'm hoping to do a few guest, um, blog posts on a few big mental health websites and, um, yeah. And look out for your book when possibly, (laughs) I mean, the goal is to finish it this summer and have it, um, ready for press and, and sale in, uh, the fall of 2019 with proceeds going to suicide awareness. So that's great. Well, I have to say what you're doing is amazing and inspirational. And thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for having me. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. So unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. And I want to thank Mary Angela Abeo again for joining us today. I'd also like to thank my fabulous producer, Eric, and you, the listener. KKNW, Timber Country, and Cape Town Zone Radio. You can find me at sakurasutter.com. Stick around for the Get Hip segment. And tune in next Wednesday for another episode of Love from the Hip. Stay kind out there, stay true to you, and don't forget, make self-love contagious. Go ahead, I dare ya. On this Get Hip segment, I would like to discuss a hypnotherapy session I had with a client who is grieving the loss of her 12-year-old son. His death had been very tragic and unexpected, which did not make the grieving process any easier. In the session, we did a series of techniques which helped my client to release any guilt or blame and to help her understand that she would never forget him. In fact, she was so concerned that she would forget him that she could not move on from the grief. The grief was debilitating, keeping her from getting out of bed most days and performing normal daily routines, not to mention functioning at work. When she realized that her son would continue to live on in her life through her memories, she was able to let go. She was able to continue on with her life without feeling this guilt for doing so because he no longer could. Moving through the loss is moving through your loss, but it doesn't mean that you need to fully get over that person. Moving through the grief just helps you to be a participant in your life again and helps you to keep the person alive through your memories versus giving up on your life to match the loss. If you know a loved one struggling with the loss of a loved one, or you yourself are struggling, feel free to email me at sakura at lovefromthehip.com or call 206-730-7429.
Taking care of your body's largest organ can be difficult, but not for Astera Skincare Mist. This topical skin spray supports your skin's own natural healing defenses. Astera Skincare Mist is a light misting spray, free of parabens, alcohol, toxins, and fragrance. This all-natural topical skin spray will take the woe out of your skincare worries without clogging your pores. Irritation, inflammation, redness, post-procedure sensitivities, no problem. With Astera Skincare Mist, you can continue about your day without the skin dismay. Acne, rosacea, psoriasis, sunburns, rashes, and fungus? Don't let these skin concerns inconvenience you. Instead, let Astera Skincare Mist allow you to be happy in the skin you're in. Available at Sakura Skin and Mind. Learn more at asteracare.com. That's E-S-T-H-E-R-A, care.com.